Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're with you here until noon and appreciate you spending uh, some of your morning here with us. Going to be a kind of a different show. We apologize in advance for that as we're going to deviate a little bit from, uh, from the wall-to-wall sports that we uh, that we like to do here from 10 until noon. Uh, just have one guest on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, and it's, um, well, let me start by saying this, that uh, 25 years ago today, Sports Talk Radio debuted in Central Iowa. So we're going to reminisce a little bit about uh, from June the 24th, 1996, to where we are today and how we got here and some of the changes and some of the people along the way that have uh, that have uh, impacted Sports Talk Radio, the, the stations, uh, not just this one. Uh, if you want to talk about some of the other ones, some of your favorite shows, some of your favorite personalities, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. You want to share some of the memories, something you heard, something that was outlandish, doesn't have to be about me, doesn't have to be about Trent, any of the shows that were on here. Peralt was a lightning rod, uh, to say the very least. Um, there's some uh, Steve Dace. I mean, Steve Dace launched his career, and it was very nice to see him uh, reach out this morning via Twitter and everybody that did. And I apologize in advance. If you follow me on Twitter tonight, I'm going to reply to each and every one of you. So <laughs> mute me or um, just uh, give me a little bit of leeway here for tonight. But So that's what's the show here today. One guest, 11.05. I'll tell you who it is in advance um, because it's the of all of the 25 years that I've been on the air, one show um, sticks in the memory bank more than others, and for all the wrong reasons. And it was nine eleven, right when we were on the air. Uh, Rick Silvestrini, myself, and Bob Dyer. Bob Dyer has since passed. Died in his jock jacket. Really? Yes. I mean, just love the station. I think the jock killed him. We'll talk a lot about that station here today. That was the very first radio station, sports radio station, uh, in Central Iowa, um, and. It just some so many things had to line up perfectly for it to happen, because corporate Des Moines was not uh, was not buying the sports talk radio format is going to have any success in this market. We'll do more on that later. I do want to do a little bit of sports uh, at least to begin the show, and maybe at the bottom of the hour we're going to devote some, you know, go down memory lane until eleven. Then I want to have Rick in here because it was we were tipped off by listeners. Uh, the phone at the at the jock started going. Um, are you guys watching this? Are you guys aware of what's going on? So I want to, because I, I think I remembered pretty vividly, but maybe Rick uh, will, um, you know, bring up something that I'd forgotten. Uh, just one, just I mean, just an incredibly sad day in the country's history, and that's the one show out of all of them that I re- uh, that I remember. Now I do remember the f bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of. <laughs> um, it has its own entry in the Wikipedia page. You know what? I read the Wikipedia page. Funny you mentioned that yesterday. I went on there uh, yesterday to read uh, the KXNO Wiki page. It does. And for the longest time, it was the first entry on the KXNO Wiki page. Oh, really? It has been uh, supplanted um, by the the events from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, that worked out very well uh, for, for everybody um, and got an FM station out of it. Yes. <laughs> right, which we'd been requesting for 
Well, for years. Almost 25 years? Well, so, so we, we first got here. I'm starting to go down memory lane already, aren't I? <laughs> um, and I really don't want this just to be about me. I don't. But you are, I mean, you're the bedrock here. You're the one that has been a part of this throughout the last quarter century. Yeah. You've been synonymous with sports radio in this market. Yeah. And really, the state of Iowa. You know, I think we were first in the state. I know we were first here. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that there was a sports, a full-time sports talk daily show in Iowa in 1996. I don't think there was. I know the, what is that station in Iowa City? KCJJ, is yeah. that it? Yeah, yeah. Is that where Pat Hardy is? Yes. And something is a guy named the Captain or something? Captain Steve. Yes. Captain Steve. Steve Bridges. But I don't think they were full time sports. I don't believe they were. And they really even aren't today. I don't They're, think they it's are. It's more right? news and yeah. yeah, they they do a lot of different things. Right. Um so I think that we would probably be first in the in the state and um, so yeah, there's, I want to talk about you know we started on 1490 and very quickly the demand because um, 49 is not a very good signal. No. Now 25 years ago is a whole lot better than it is today. Oh really? Oh yeah, because it was. I mean, there's 25 years more wear and tear on that tower. Makes sense. And um, the grounding system, everything that goes along with getting on the air. So it was okay then, but we could sense the appetite. For more, well, you guys are fun to listen to, but can't hear you, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't live in Indianola, <laughs> and this is before the days that everybody had a smartphone that's where just it. you could just hit play on that. that that's a hundred percent right, Trent. It's it's changed so damn much. I mean, if we didn't have the newspaper, if the papers were late, not that we. That's what uh, later. <laughs> I want to. I, I got so much to talk about. Let's really? just do it. Let's just do yeah, it. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about the Bucks last night. It's a special day. All right, let's do the Bucks. Well, you know what? I don't know if I. Should. It was look. It was a. I watched more basketball last night than I did hockey. I was into Game One of the East, watching Trey Young. Trent, well, who is he? He is, is he Steph Curry? Not I mean, the shooter. No, but getting close. Yeah, you know what? He misses a lot. You're right. He Percentage does. wise. But so who is he's not Iverson? No, much different kind yeah. of player. He is. He's not as tough as Iverson was. No, that's another part. But you couple it with we know the excellent offensive player he is. Which I mean, you saw that the day he showed it up at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had the Trey Young counter right away on ESPN <laughs> right. because he was going off and he was uh-huh. scoring forty points. He is an elite level scorer. But more importantly, I think there's more to him than just that. Walking into Madison Square Garden in the first round. With that bravado. Yes. With that beat in the chest, with that jawing uh-huh. with Spike. That part of it takes him to a different level. So is he, you know what? Maybe we can't fit, shoehorn him into another guy. Is he his own guy? He's his own guy. Is, I mean, as far as how yes. he plays? I think he is because his game, there's hard to find a comp, but then you cannot find a comp with the guy that also has that extra part of him. Mm. And that's what makes it so fun. And I told you yesterday, I went five for five in the picks I threw out yesterday at the end of the I, show. I saw you, the, the one that I was, I, I was shocked that you picked the Rockies to begin with. Yep. And I saw when you had that one, I knew you were on your way to a pretty good day. But. I uh, hit my soccer, got the tie in that one, <laughs> yeah. hit both baseball games, and I told you, of course, Hawks plus eight and a half, yeah. and Trey Young take the over and both prop bets, and he flew over both the points mm-hmm. and the old Larry Board number, the points, assists, plus rebounds. So do we fade you today coming off oh, of five and I'm going to guess. It's, yeah. After five five for five, you know what's going to happen today. Yeah. But I, I could see this one coming. It felt like, A, the number was way too big. Right. And this Milwaukee team, 
they don't feel like a team come playoff time that's going to blow people out. Well, I know Chris Middleton. I mean, would you feel mm-hmm. free to make a shot? Trent, he didn't score in the second quarter in Game Seven. Uh, I think him and Holiday both were blanked in the second quarter of Game Seven. Now yeah. they prevailed in the game, but uh, for God's sakes, feel free to make a shot, would you please, Chris Middleton? They need him. It's it's more than Giannis. They they need help out there. And Barkley, I don't know if you. I don't think you had a chance to watch. Um, did did you see? I know you had to record the game because you had you yeah. had baseball last night. But did you see Barkley at halftime last night? Call him Brooke Lopez. Useless. Oh, I did not see. That. I mean, you can't be on the floor. You're useless. It's. Uh, I, I love guys that don't hold back, and um, mm-hmm. and certainly he didn't. And boy, he was just atrocious uh, in that game last night. Anyways, uh, so that was the Bucks baseball. The only game I watched yesterday. I'm glad I did. I um, I, I found myself. Not glued necessarily, but yeah, kind of was. Uh, watching the Giants and the Angels, and that was an incredibly entertaining baseball game with two terrific pitchers. We know about Otani. So help me out with this Gossman cat, and maybe this is an Andrew Downs question because he follows the Giants, I think, closer than you or I. Trent, this guy's unbelievable. He's he unhittable. So he was, I mean, he wasn't an uber prospect, but he was a good prospect. Okay. When he came up, and he was just awful. I mean, he was just bad. I don't know if injuries were a part of it. I would guess a lot of times that's the part. But how often do you see a guy that's turning into a journeyman and then put together a season like this? If we didn't have Jacob DeGrom right now, mm-hmm. he would be the talk yeah, of the pitchers of baseball. Yep. That's the kind of numbers he's putting up for a team that is surprising everybody mm-hmm. in baseball. From Giants fans on down, nobody anticipated this out of the year. He would no. be the runaway Cy Young favorite. Right. We'd be talking about how, why, what's Kevin Gossman's spin rate like, but yeah. because we have James. Has anybody DeGrom, asked him to pee in a cup? Right. Absolutely. Those would be the kind of conversations uh-huh. because you don't see this happen Oof. with the guy. He made improvements last year. You saw the numbers make improvements, but nothing like this. I've seen him three times, and I didn't see all every one of his pitches in those three games, but I, I did yesterday until he came out. He was unbelievable. Uh, in that baseball game. He's uh, he's the real deal. All right, let's get Whipper in here. Whipper uh, and I shared some history. So we were Wayne Whips, uh, who's on hold. He wants to join us, and mm-hmm. we'll bring him on right now. Whipper, so let me get this right, right? We were in Phoenix for... Um, <laughs> we, we, so what bowl game was that that we were there for? It was, was that the Minnesota game? Yeah. Okay. It was in Tempe. We were in Tempe. Yeah. And and uh, we were my da- middle daughter was yeah. Iowa State working in the football office and and they as the bartender at that what they call that old Scottsdale or whatever said they told us five hundred and there must be five thousand yeah. here they ran out of beer and, it was uh, yeah or you had to wait in line that's so what it was some of us went out to watch the program and one really smart guy stayed inside <laughs> and got us the table. Yep. And then uh, we won't mention the company, but they picked up the tab that night. That was the best part. Indeed, and I got it. I snuck it through them somehow, some way. Yeah, it was this company remember, right here. <laughs> remember, the thing. other thing I remember most about that is that... Uh, Williams uh, piping up? Yeah, Mr. Fanatic could name the next ten songs, and he lost out when the third one hit. <laughs> yeah. So it was Peralt, Chris Williams, yep. myself... Uh, you and your daughter, and uh, I stayed in and got a table because I just wanted to drink, and I knew we were going to have dinner. And there was it was the uh, go ahead. I think I think Dave, uh, what's his name? Dave Sproul. Yeah. Yes, he was think, there. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's the first time I met him. Yep. But, uh, 
Boy, we had a good time. But, uh, no, I was just going to call in to say congratulations, Ken. I think I've been with you most of the years that I could listen. You know, I, yeah. I'm up here in northeast Iowa, so I couldn't pull in Indianola. But uh, I've enjoyed it and hope to hear you many more years on uh, on the air down there. Uh, thanks, buddy. You're the only person that uh, that's invited me to a tailgate, and I was covering, I don't go to a lot of games, but I, I stopped by your tailgate and had a couple yeah. of beers and uh, whatever you were grilling that day, and uh, I, I appreciate that. Whipper, thanks. We will, we will be in B6. Okay. And, uh, also, I was just going to tell you that uh, – I've, I've uh, talked to Nate Anthon and, and his partner, and, and here soon I'm going to try my hand at being a writer and a blogger for their prime time. Oh, good. Good. Good, good stuff. We'll, we'll read I you. Send it to, I might send it to you and Trent, the experts, to proof it and edit it before I send it to them. <laughs> Happy to do so. Yes. Nick Athens a good guy, and we'll read you at Primetime Sports Talk. Whipper, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. That was a fun day. Uh, fun in uh, Almost as much fun as when I was a color commentator for Trent. <laughs> he That's he right. was. Two years ago, right? It was, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, Whipper. Good to talk Take to you. Take care, guys. Yep. Keep up the good work. Thank you, pal. Uh, Wayne Whips. Uh, that was a, that was a fun. This was a minute. The game stunk. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota that was fourteen thirteen. I was going to say one point game. Yeah, one point game. Hideous um, game. It was terrible game. NFL Network. You know what? It might have been. I think it was. It might have been. Tim Brewster was he coaching the Gophers yes. then? I think more yeah. hot air than Dan McCarney. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, damn, fun time, and it was good. It was good to be out there at that time. I'm trying to think. Now Peralt was there. Was he there? There was one year that. Uh, he was in Joel's doghouse. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't get to travel? No, he didn't. And so you got to man the ship back in back So in the I, Yeah, because I covered whatever. The, it might have been that year. I, I went to... Nah, don't. So I went to Phoenix, and then I caught up with the Hawks before an Outback Bowl. I think... So the Iowa State-Minnesota Outback Bowl, that was 2009. Was it nine? Going into 2010. Yeah. The 2009 football season. So that would have been Iowa's Orange Bowl year. Did you do the? Yes, I did the orange bowl. You did both of them. So that must have been it because I didn't get there. I didn't get there early in the week for for some of the press conferences. Okay. I did make it for Ferrances because um, he's, he's usually on like the he's the last one. Mm-hmm. Him Spurrier was first. Um, Spurrier? Or am I thinking of a different game? No, no that's that, Georgia Tech. Yeah. So it wasn't the. Ah, one of them. There's been so many. Anyways, yeah, this was the Orange Bowl. This was the cold Orange Bowl. Okay, so whatever, wherever, whenever they played South Carolina, mm-hmm. that would have been the that year. would have been oh eight a year before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyways, um, Spurrier. Yeah. What a character that guy. No, was. it was it was fun covering that 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 particular morning. Uh so so where were we? So let let's get into it. I guess. Yeah. Kind of going down memory lane, and you're welcome to chime in if you want to. Um, I want to hear people's memories to a sports talk radio because. I've only been in this market now for 13 years, mm-hmm. so I don't have the whole story. I've got bits and pieces and know some of the stories, but from the listener perspective, too, there's things that I'm sure you forgot about. Oh, sure. There's things that people that have been involved that I forgot yeah. about, so you know, kind of fill in the holes to the story. If you got some stories for us, 284-5966. Yeah, you're welcome to, uh, to jump aboard, whether you want to talk about... Anything, anything in the 25 years that Sports Talk Radio has been on the air, or if you don't, you can just listen because I'm going to talk and uh, we're going to have some fun here this morning. So um, in June of, of, of uh, 1996, Terrell had arrived. You know, that's it's. He, he look at let's let's I, he's an awful person, right? He's a terrible person, but at the same time. He deserves a whole lot of credit, a whole lot of credit um, 
for for getting this started uh, in, in central Iowa, right? He, he, he'd arrived from the East Coast, and he'd grew, grown up listening to sports talk radio. Um, and we were an independent station. A guy by the name of Jim McBride somehow got his hands on um, 1490 and 106.9 in FM station. And it was he, he was from and he knew Terrell and he wanted Terrell to come out here and run these stations. So he gets here and Terrell shows up at Prairie Meadows, you know, I'm sure seeking advertising. And they thought that uh, Prairie Meadows wanted me to go on and do the, the sports talk radio interview uh, with Terrell. So I did. And we kind of had an instant chemistry type of thing. And we started doing a, we did a Saturday morning show like the week before and then. For very quickly decided, you know what, this is, um, let, let's try doing this Monday through Friday. So on June 24th, 1996, we went on the air on 1490, and we were there very, very briefly. And I shouldn't say, that's not days or weeks, but it's a matter of months, because nobody could hear us. The registers showed up in July to do a story on us, because it's a new format in central Iowa, right? It had never been tried before. And they wanted to do a story on this new thing that had come to Des Moines. And it was obvious that um, that people were talking about it because people were finding us on 1490 of all places, right? Um, so Jim McBride flies into town. He's the owner of the station in October. And Terrell, myself, and Jim McBride met at the Latin King. And we, we were... Our goal, our mission that day was to convince him to blow up his country station on 106.9 and move us to FM. And we did. So very quickly, 1490 KXLQ went away and 106.9 KJJC, the jock, was born. And I think it was Kenny T, Ken Thompson, who was our first producer, who came up with the jock, took the JJC and made it into the jock. And that station was a whole bunch of misfits, right? <laughs> we had no corporate, no, there was, I mean, Terrell was in charge. <laughs> in charge. In charge. Think about that. Not an employee. Right. But here's the thing. And, and Chris Shipley, who I've got to know very well, and mm-hmm. we're going to have him on next week because he reached out and asked us if we would do him a favor. Chris Shipley, who um, his father was one of Terrell's earliest victims. I, I'll go to my grave thinking this, that the people that were at the jock and we were headquartered in Indianola, and we'll get your calls coming in momentarily. So just please hang in there. I just want to tell this one little, this, this one little nugget. I'll go to my grave, at least in the beginning. Nobody knew what, and I don't think he was as, um, prone to his criminal larcenistic is that even a word ways back then it um it, it just it didn't seem like the 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 stuff that he would now be incarcerated for what was was a thing back then scott pierce had no idea Kenny T, who I see is on hold, and I can't wait to talk to our buddy Kenny T. I don't think he knew. Thompson came from uh, from Deerfield, Massachusetts with Terrell. Kim Merrifield, who was our receptionist, 
She didn't know. I don't. I think we were on the up and up, is what I'm trying to say. I think yeah. he. Well, I know I was. And everybody else was. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that um, that the shenanigans had reached the level that they, you know, would uh, 20 years later. So we 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 were on 106.9, and that's 50,000 watts. Wow. So we went from a thousand watt station where. If you're not in Indianola, or if you're not in southern Des Moines, the south side of Des Moines, mm-hmm. you really got to work to hear this new thing that's come. To, and you're talking about the Hawks and the clones, and it's local. Yeah, this can work. And it worked despite the fact that a guy by the name of Phil Hoover, and I cut this, this uh, article out of the paper, and I used it as motivation. Because Phil Hoover, who ran Des Moines Radio Group, which is... 93.3 and 102.5 and 104.1 and 13.50 and 9.40. Um, our research has shown that Des Moines is not big enough to support a full-time sports talk format in this market. And I said, eh, I wasn't buying that at all yeah. because it was very, very apparent very quickly that we had something here. We had something. And we were so far over the tips of our skis, right? I'd been here for seven years, and three of those years, by being here, I mean in the country, three and a half of those years, I was in Denver. Right. When Chris Street was killed, I was in Denver. When the Drake murders happened, I was in Denver. There was a lot of history in Des Moines that I was in Denver for. So, point being is, I don't know I went Iowa State, or Drake, and you and I, and I know he didn't, Terrell didn't, He, I mean, we talked national, 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 and yeah, we'd sprinkle in the, the clones and the hawks, but at least it was being done here locally. So it, we could sense that there was a passion for this. So we moved to 106.9, and I'll tell you the rest of the story after we take these two callers because I don't want to keep them waiting. I know Kenny T's on the clock. Jason, you hang in there because I do want to get to you. But our first producer, the first producer in the history uh, who came with Terrell uh, from the East Coast joins us. Hello, Mr. T. Kenny Thompson, how are you, What's brother? Up? What's up, Kenneth? How are you doing? Doing good. So you've heard me. Um, am I, have I got anything wrong so far? Not, not that I know of, no. Because I think one of the things I do remember about K fourteen ninety was it it was opposite from what normal stations would do. They would power up overnight, if I remember. Yes, and we would do better coverage overnight than you would during the day. Yeah, right. And we did the show at Prairie Meadows. We did the show in my office. And do you remember that article I was referencing? T, you remember it because the day that it the day that the article was published, we're thinking, wow. We're in the register. People are really going to find us now. And then it knocked off the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you remember what it was that oh, knocked? Oh, God. It was a squirrel. A squirrel. No. Mm-hmm. A squirrel. I, got... I remember the days where I had to go up and yes. get uh, snow off of the Marty unit. And it wasn't named after our partner. That's yeah. what it was, right? No, you it would... was definitely was not named. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you would stand on the roof of Prairie Meadows with, like, uh, with an antenna. And you would point it to the tower in Indianola. You were like the Statue of Liberty, and you had no gloves, and you had no jacket, and it's freezing cold. Climbing ladders to get it even higher. You're on the roof of Prairie, which they wouldn't allow you to do today. That was pre, you know, the casino was underway, but just underway. And you would try and make it so the signal would get to Indianola. Good God, T, we had some fun time. You you, had some fun, that's for sure. But we were a bunch of ragtag kind of, I mean, this shouldn't have worked, right? This shouldn't have worked with uh, with you and with me and with Terrell and with we're a bunch. Of, we're just all thrown together and just somehow cobbled it together. And have fun, yeah, no kidding. We we had fun, that's for sure. Indeed, we did. We we'd have some times where we 
we start in the morning. Yeah. Do the show. Yeah. Go out. Then we go out later that night to meet meet and greet people. Yep. How do you do this all the time? I, said, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to get up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and yeah. start all over again. Yeah, I used to do those. I used to go to those <laughs> things and then sneak out about half an hour after I was there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Ken Miller I know there. Well, well remembered, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mr. T, good to uh, hear from you. Thanks for chiming in, my friend. 25 years ago today, you started it. You got us on the air. Um, it was a fun time. Thanks, brother. Good to hear from you. Yeah, Thank you. Was. Later, brother. Yeah, good, good to talk to you. Kenny Thompson, first producer in the history of sports talk in Des Moines. Hello, Jason. Thanks for being patient. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing good. Good to hear from you, Garn. Uh, it's good to hear from you, too, Ken. Oh, those pipes of Kenny T. It's been a long yeah. time since I've heard those pipes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, congratulations, man. You are the godfather of sports radio in Des Moines, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well. And uh, I just had a couple of memories. uh I, I I remember the excitement when you guys launched Friday Night Lights. Yes, huge. Joel Dorman and Bob Selby were terrific. That's who it was, right? I know it was Joel Dorman. I think Selby was in studio I, with I think him. It was, yeah, I think it was Bullet Bob. Yeah, yep. I mean the, the excitement that she and uh, you know it's pattern after the NFL whip around yeah. coverage that they do on Sundays, and mm-hmm. and that was a huge thing here. You know. I mean, that really puts you guys on the map as far as I'm concerned. I agree. And then also, uh, Sipple has been with you since yeah. day one. Yeah. I met Steve Sipple uh, um, when I was calling the races in Lincoln in 1990, the, four, the fall of 1993, I think it was, three or four. Uh, and I met him. He wasn't covering the Huskers at that point. He was actually just new on the gig, and they sent him to the track to cover the, the, the races that day when races actually used to be covered on a daily basis by newspapers. Uh, and right. that's where I met Sip for the first time, and then he joined the Husker yeah. beat, and uh, Sip's, been, um, Sip's joined us on the air ever since then. You're right. Uh, it's, been a, it's been amazing, and what I call it, it's been this way for the last 25 years. Des Moines Sports Radio has been a soap opera. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I'll say a lot of <laughs> twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thanks for taking time out this morning. I appreciate it. Hey, congratulations, Ken. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. You know, he's right about uh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights was, look, it was a way to make money mm-hmm. for one thing, right? We had to, um, we had no corporate backing. And it was Jim McBride, and he bought the stations, and it was up to Terrell to monetize them. And to uh, to bring advertising in, and it was hard to do on fourteen ninety. Couldn't hear it, right? So that was one of the that was one of the um, things we had in our favor. There's only so much Indianola money that you can go after, right? That's just it. And we had Prairie Meadows, Mm -hmm. who was willing to back us at the time, and that was really good that they did because um, you know that made payroll a couple of times. So this way that I heard the story about the start of Football Friday Nights was. At the tavern, the restaurant bar, that's yeah. where, just kind of on a In napkin. West Des Moines? Yeah, yeah, is where kind of it all came together, just sitting around, having some cold ones, and at least the idea was kind of concocted from there. Does that I, sound right? I wasn't there, but I, but I do recall that the tavern early in the game, uh, not the one in West, uh, not in Valley Junction, mm-hmm. but the one... 50th. What, 50th Street in yep. West Des Moines, yes. Um, that absolutely was... Um, they, were, they, were, they were a backer. So Joel Dorman, who's an attorney in... Pella, maybe? Okay. Um, and is really good at what he did. Him and Bob Selby. Bob Selby's still doing high school stuff. I think he does it with Dave Bingham on WOI. Or, and I, 
I, I, I mean, I've lost track of Selby, but he and um, he and Joel Dorman first came up with, uh, and as, as J- Jason said, it was kind of like ESPN's Sunday wraparound coverage of the NFL because we had ESPN radio and we got correspondence and they fanned out across central Iowa. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, was that ever a massive hit. You know, I'm talking about... You know all of the. You know what I don't have to tell you on high school. school <laughs> I know that fashion, one well, right? It was um, it was something that thank God we did it because so many people, so many more people found out, and by then we were on one hundred six point nine, and uh, the, the station didn't power down at night. You could hear it, and it was it gave a lot of people. High school football Friday night coverage. That's how you got here, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's got my start in 2008. Right. You know when Ross Peterson was first heard on KXNO? You know when Andrew Downs was first heard on KXNO? Mm-hmm. Doing football Friday nights as correspondents. Launched a lot of it careers. It did. It absolutely did. In week one for me, I've told you this story. This is my little indoctrination to sports talk radio here in this market. I'm out at a Southeast Polk game. You and Marty both said, oh, he's got a little radio background. We'll give him some pretty mm-hmm. good ones. I didn't have to start down, you know, small school. Sure. And I'm out there, and Denny Muller, the head coach at the time of Southeast Spoke, has a heart attack. Well, that was the day? That was the day. That I was, remember that vividly, being on the air. I didn't know that was you that was doing that. I was doing that, and, of course, Marty asked me to do play-by-play of Denny Muller's heart oh, attack. And, well, what do you do when the guy tells you to do it? That's what I did. So I gave play-by-play of Denny Muller on the field and that heart attack. Then the next morning, I'm in Iowa City, left at 4 a.m. to get over there to tailgate. <laughs> yeah. My buddies that are a little older that were listening on their drive over said, your Saturday morning show, you guys replayed my play-by-play of the heart attack. Well, that doesn't surprise me that we did because we were looking to take, you know. Uh-huh. Because we would, you know, we were on the air till I don't know, was it 11? I think it was, yeah. And then you get home and you can't fall asleep. Right. And you're up at... 4.30 to come back. Well, at least I was. He'd walk in at 6.59 or 5.59. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we did replay it. That was stupid. Um, but it was, yeah, that, that was dumb. Um, yeah, we did a lot of things. <laughs> Thinking back probably weren't the right move. We're going to do more of that. We're going to take a time out. Um, come back and continue on here today. 25 years ago, sports talk. It's never going to work in Des Moines. It's crazy. We had four, five local shows in the market yesterday. Four here and one up the dial. Yeah, is there? Is there are they still yep. trying to make a go of it? Yep, up there. Steen is his name, yep. right? I've never Gary. met him before. Really nice guy. Is he? Yeah. yeah, one of the good people in the world. Yeah, kids went to Dowling. Loves high school sports right. himself. And uh, didn't he have a health issue recently? He did. Yeah, had prostate cancer scare and uh, back on the air now. So. And the reason I bring it up is he said so publicly. I'm not trying yeah. to say anything right. that you know he. Not to out him or anything. Right. Yeah. He uh, certainly always thinking about that guy and, and one of the good people and, and trying to make it a go. And, well, as we go down memory lane, I'm excited also to hear about some of these other stations and yeah. kind of get the back and forth because that's the part I think most people, they just think of KXNO. But, Absolutely. But there's so much more to this story. Yeah. and. Well, we've got plenty of time to go. All right, down we'll that. do that next. Good. To, uh, that'll be uh, that'll be a good place to pick up. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Thanks for putting up with me today. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a victory lap. It's mm-hmm. been a soap opera, uh, so um, indulge me, would you please? Back after this, fourteen sixty kicks and a one hundred six Illinois. <laughs> Bum, 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 now, back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNL and 106.3 FM. Judge me, cause for you and judge me.
It sounds like a Christmas carol. I have no idea what you're playing. This is the number one song from 25 years ago this week. Bone Thugs and Harmony, an all-time rap classic, Crossroads. Don't remember it, huh? No wonder Sports Talk Radio was so welcomed in this market. <laughs> Seriously, this was the number one this song? This was number one. Oh, my God. I'd never heard this tune before. Anyways, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. We'll take uh, more of your calls if you want. Uh, if you don't, you, I'm just glad that you're out there and you're listening because I know that you are. So where were we? We were about to uh, get into some of the other radio stations, sports radio stations, uh, that have been a um, in the market for a period of time, come and gone, as as so many of them uh, as so many of them have. So let me tell this story real quick. See, a lot of folks think that I spent my entire career with Terrell, mm-hmm. and that that's not couldn't be further from the truth. So we started in 1996. In just before football 1997, we'd split up. I stayed in the mornings, and Terrell, who at the time um, had his hooks into, for lack of a better term, a guy by the name of Tim Edwards who owned Victor's Sports Club uh, in Urbandale. And Tim was the owner. Um, he paid a lot of bills, um, advertising, um, made a lot of payrolls for us, but that made Tim a afternoon host. Okay. So Terrell and Tim Edwards are doing the after what was the first afternoon show on um, on 106.9. So I'm working with Bob Dyer mm-hmm. for the first time. How did Bob come into so the So Bob came into, um, Bob was done at the register at the time, and I don't know. I, I didn't know him. Because you speak glowingly about him. I owe my entire career to Bob Dyer. Bob Dyer, who I worked with at the Jock and was on the air with on 9-11, and when the Broncos first won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I was working with Bob Dyer at the time. We were doing mornings, um, so that, that would have been 1998, and we stayed together until you know for for over a year. Uh, by then, we were back in Altoona, and we became a three man show for about two days, as Dyer, Terrell, and I were doing mornings, and Terrell and Dyer got into a almost a. It was close to blow, blows on, on the air. Wow. And just over the stupidest thing. Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, no. If memory serves. And I don't remember much more of it other than the fact that Bob realized where this was going, packed up his briefcase, because he always brought a briefcase to the radio station with his papers in it and mm-hmm. stuff, packed it up and left. Which was good because it was going nowhere. Yeah. And this was not going to be good for business as it wasn't good for business at the time. So um, back with Terrell. It's November of 1999, I want to say. And I get off the air at 9 o'clock and head straight to the airport because I'm still at Prairie Meadows and I was flying to Florida for a convention. No cell phones at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. if there was, I certainly didn't have one. I check into my hotel and the light in my hotel room is blinking. And I, you know, I check the message, and it's a guy by the name of J. Michael McCoy, who's been in this market for a long time. Yeah. And has a lot of Terrell in him. I'll just put it that way. Right? In fact, he might be worse. Um, And he would would be single-handedly, in my opinion, the reason for the demise of the jock. And I'll tell you why uh, coming up here later on. But so I answer the phone, and I get the message, and and it's McCoy. And he says to me, um, Marty's quit, 
or being fired because McCoy was coming in to take control of Jim McBride's 1490 and the FM station. So apparently McBride's not a real good judge of character because mm-hmm. first of all, it was Terrell and then it turned into J. Michael McCoy. And I get the call that he's, he's, he's done. Uh, we still want you to do it. We want you to take over, stay on the morning show, but you take over the one chair. You're going to be back working with Bob Dyer, blah, blah, blah. And very quickly, we moved from Indianola to a station right behind the Kmart on 16th Street in Des Moines. You know, on I-8035, uh-huh. um, there was a Kmart, the Bonanza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a plumbing store. Okay. And there's a stud- There's a radio station right there with a tower and everything. Wow. And that became the jock. So think about how pumped I was, mm-hmm. right? Instead of having to drive from Ankeny to Indianola every morning. Your commute to- goes from 35 minutes to 45 six? minutes, yeah, to like six. And there's very little chance I'm going to hit a deer like I did one morning <laughs> going to. And that was terrifying. If everybody's hit a deer, wham. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So, by then I think we we're at some point between night between moving to one hundred six point nine and getting to Des Moines to become the jock in Des Moines. We had petitioned the FCC because while we were on one hundred six point nine, we got a lot of bleed over from a station that I think still exists one hundred six seven. I don't know if it does anymore or not. Okay. But at the time, there was a 106.7, a kind of a fringe Des Moines station, and we would interrupt each other. So we petitioned the FCC to move to 107.1, and we were clear sailing and 50,000 magnificent watts of sports talk radio. So we started, we had um, Marty and Miller in the morning till 9. Fabulous sports babe from 9 until 11 or 9 until noon. Jim Rome followed up with that. Probably till 11, because that's where Rome's been 11 to Central Time. So then the Fabulous Sports Babe was 9 to 11. In fact, we actually brought Jim Rome to Des Moines for a... What did he call those things? What does he call? The tour. The tour. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I don't know if he still does them, but it was a big deal back then. Mm -hmm. Appearance? No, something else. But anyways, we got Jim Rome to come to Des Moines and paid him a lot of money, but... He didn't get exactly what he thought he was getting, right? He got paid, uh-huh. but he was promised, apparently, first-class plane tickets for his entire entourage that came with him. That's asking a lot. So he had a bodyguard, uh, his wife, uh, Jim Rome, who seemed like a really nice guy, by the way, Um I think there was one other, and I maybe not a hanger on her, but I don't know who it was. But there were there were four of them, and they were all offered first class plane tickets, and they were putting coach. He got paid. He got his money. I think it was ten thousand dollars, if memory serves, to bring Rome into a tour stop. That's what they were called, right? Was it a tour stop? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's up on his Wikipedia page. That's it? what it talks about. Yep. Okay, he's not doesn't say Des Moines on there, does it? No, he have to dig a little deeper because he called it an appearance because it wasn't a, re- a real tour stop. Okay, so it was going to be we we did it at Victor Sports Club and Trent the line to get in, and it was a ton of people that had come over from Omaha. Oh, 
that had heard Rome say he's going to be in Des Moines for uh-huh. for for that Saturday, and I mean Victor Sports Club is what. 75 people, 60 people. Not a huge sports bar. Not a huge sports bar. In fact, Victor's Sports Club, this is where uh, Tim Edwards had an agreement with the Barnstormers. You know who ate there with his wife a lot Mm -hmm. because they were broke? And had that was their only way of, you know, having you a have, night out, having a night out, and you're not making a lot of money in the arena league at the time, and you'd yet to become the Hall of Fame quarterback and win Super Bowls and MVPs that you would. Kurt Warner uh, and his wife Brenda would eat there a lot, and that's where the tour stop was, the appearance for Jim Rome. So it didn't work out well. We we packed everything up. We went to Prairie Meadows. And we continued on with kind of a meet and greet on the uh, at Prairie Meadows with Jim Rome, but Rome made a big deal of it. I don't think it was as um, as bad as he tried to make it. What do you call Terrell a monkey? Yeah, or, yeah, right. Or bang something. the monkey, bang the monkey. Yep. Um, he he got paid, but they didn't get first class. Now, could there have been more to it? Of course, I I don't know. Yeah, that he didn't get. Uh, a friend of mine is going to chime in here. He was um, <laughs> spent a lot of time with this guy. Hello, Mike Shuey. How are you? How are you, buddy? Congratulations. Thanks, pal. Good to hear from you. What's new? You, you know what? Nothing. It's just fun coming back to Saturday night at the races. Remember yeah, that? I do. Saturday night radio races. Um, and some of our best times was when Tom Timmons sent us to Churchill Downs yeah. the week before the Derby to meet yep. the jockeys and all that. And I think that's a big uh, reason I'm good friends with Pat Day today. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely are. There's no question. Yeah, but, sure, we had a blast, didn't we? Oh, buddy. I just want to congratulate you, my friend, and many, many more. All right. Thanks, pal. Not sure that'll be the case, but um, that, thank you for chiming in here today. So, the iCubs. Let's get to that chapter, because uh-huh. they were the second sports station in Des Moines. They, uh, Michael Gartner, Sam Burnaby, decided that they could get Terrell, because Terrell was no longer at the jock. They thought that um, he was going to be their anchor of their new station. And they hired Terrell, and Kenny T went over mm-hmm. to KXTK, um, which is nine. It was nine forty on the AM dial, and they launched the big ticket. Uh, Terrell and a guy by the name of Tim Dara did afternoons. Tim Dara was the president of the Polk County Polk County I Club for a long time. God rest his soul. And the list of guys that have talked sports in the market that are no longer with us. Yeah, that's just eerie. So they launched. KXTK, Larry Morgan, and a guy by the name of Holden Kushner, who I never met, and I think Kushner is or was on MLB radio. So they were do- that was our competition in the morning. So Bob Dyer and I on the jock were in Des Moines at this point. We're on one hundred seven point one, and KXTK was the second station in the market, and they lasted for. Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe a couple of years. Terrell decided he's going to go back. Now, I don't know if he was run out of town, which wouldn't surprise me uh, at that point because Michael Gartner uh, very quickly. And if you read City View, not only did he catch on to his act back then, he's followed his act and has really been the only one uh, through this entire time until he was finally imprisoned. Um, when was he sent? To? Whatever. Earlier this year. Um, that's neither here nor there, but that's where he is. So KXTK didn't make it. And... They lasted. They put the studios in the Cub Club, and they um, they were they were out of the market. By that time, KXNO had decided. You know what? These guys these guys can do it. Uh, we think that there's probably room for one more. 
and KXT, uh, KXNO goes on the air in 2001, January 1st of 2001, and didn't go live with local programming until, I think, May of that year. And Jack Emerson, um, some gal by the name of Alex, I don't remember her last name, Jack and Alex was the show. Okay. And Gary Howe, who played for the Barnstormers, and I think had a cup of coffee in the NFL, maybe with the Steelers, if memory serves. And Jim Walden, former Iowa um, State coach, yeah. did a show. And I don't know if it was any good or not, but it didn't seem to last very long. Larry Kotler gets over here at some point. Um, the jock, by this time, is on, the, is on the cusp of failure. And I'll tell you why it did fail. Because J. Uh, J. Michael McCoy um, convinced Jim McBride... We need to take over the state of Iowa. We, this is so big. There's so much money to be made. We are going to create a radio empire. Bought 96.1 in Ames. 96.1, an, an FM station in Ames that was playing. I liked the station. Oh, yeah? It was kind of playing my music, like 70s kind of disco, yeah. KC and the Sunshine Band. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And, and that's the stuff that they would play. Mm-hmm. So they brought that into the jock building in Des Moines. And now, and, and all of their staff, all of their staff came with them. So, so the jock, which was supporting itself and doing okay, is now supporting 96.1 and all these free loafers that came over that were just going to show up and cash a paycheck and do nothing, right? Not going to sell in Des Moines. They're selling names. But that wasn't enough. Another station came available in Sheraton, Iowa. Oh. 94, 9, 95 something, another FM station, and this was going to be a part of the empire. So now the jock and their overworked sales team is paying the bills for the sports station, paying the bills for 96.1, the disco station, whatever <laughs> it was, and whatever the station in Sheraton was doing. And they went bankrupt and very quickly was taken over by um, by the bank. I wasn't there at the time. I was on the air, but it left for the day. Jim McBride was in town when a Polk County sheriff came to serve him with whatever you get served with when they're taking over your building. Okay. And poor Jim McBride um, ran out the back door. Got away from the the sheriff, didn't see him, got in his car and drove to, I think there's like a, some kind of Best Western Hotel on Northeast 14th Street, at least there was at the time. I don't know if it's still there. Maybe it burned. Bavarian restaurant or something. Do you remember that area? Yeah, yeah. I, th- Vaguely. I think so, yeah. Um, but they found him and, and he, he didn't commit suicide, but they stopped him. Oh, wow. Because this was his dream. This was his, I mean, he was just a... He worked for a living yeah. and decided to invest in these radio stations in Iowa, and his dream was blowing up because they, we, the jock, tried to get too big, and the jock would be end up being bought by, uh, as, as Dyer called it, the church, and now it's a religious station. Oh, okay. Part of, um, part of religious broadcasting, North Pine or something, I don't know. But they bought the signal, and... Des Moines' force, first original sports station, um, which at the time had Steve Dace in the afternoon, Dyer and I in the morning, 
and ESPN Radio, and it was doing great. It was doing great. I mean, Dace, Steve Dace, <clears throat> say what you want about his content, and I know a lot of people don't like him. Um, I think he's the best broadcaster that I've ever worked with in the same building. Again, his content, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, with he's a very religious man. Um, he's a very right-wing, leaning person, mm-hmm. as you well know. Uh, but I think he's brilliant. Uh, he certainly he was really good on the air. And um, so that was the lineup that we had. So we were pretty strong. Yes. We were pretty strong because Bob and I were doing really well. And Dace in the afternoon had a was building his huge audience. I think Dyer fired him on the air in the middle of a show. I don't know. I can't remember what that was about, but they never saw eye to eye. Uh, Dyer fired him and the jock would fold. Uh, we did one show at the very end, just kind of uh, like we're doing here today, going back over the years, kind of reminiscing about what was a phenomenal place to uh, sports station to launch. And... Um, and we were done. We were done at the jock. But we weren't finished by a long ways. Uh, we've got to get here. I'll tell you how we got here. Um, but we're going to take a little, we got to take a time out. I do want to kind of pause for a second before we get to KXNO. In 2005, we did one more stop. We did a show at the barbershop on 1490. Uh, I'm assuming those people, it didn't work out well for them as well. Um, I wish I could remember their names. They weren't from here. They were from Illinois. Um, anyways, but we got to get here. And, but I do want to have Rick Silvestrini on to mm-hmm. talk about, I, I think, the, um, you know, the, the, out of all the years, out of all the shows that, that I've done, this one sticks with you, um, sadly. And we'll talk about that to kick off our number two. We'll finish up on the other side. Miller and Condon, thanks for allowing me to do this on 1460. KXNO 